0: When you're the more talented team, put your foot on the gas and smash the opportunity as we welcome you into the fast lane here across the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Perhaps we could be referring to what might be happening to Trey's Miami Heat this evening if the Denver Nuggets, in fact, flex the way that I would expect them to and close this series out tonight. Trey, are you on board with that?
1: Unfortunately.
0: Hey, at least you know how to gauge what reality is, and uh, I mean it's been a heck of a run by Miami. I do think it all I know tonight. is
1: that now another one of my teams is losing in the championship. So
0: it has been a common theme for you between your Philadelphia Eagles, your New York Yankees, who made a postseason run, albeit not as deep as my Philadelphia Phillies. But welcome to the club of having two teams losing in a championship round this year i've had that
1: happen before so i understand
0: welcome 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 indeed now thankfully for me i enjoyed the french open novak and iga both getting home uh more of that please for the remainder of the year that would be fantastic and more on that later this week in the fast lane but virginia baseball as well because of course you're home for the college world series featuring now the virginia cavaliers cbs sports radio lynchburg i know trey i need to get you the full schedule because i've been slacking on the job but Virginia yesterday, what did they do that goes back to what we mentioned earlier? When you're a good enough team, understand the opportunity to try to close things out. Now, it is easier said than done. University of Lynchburg Baseball, they fell down for nothing, before rallying, tying, taking the league, giving up a couple of late runs, but ultimately holding on against Johns Hopkins to win the College World Series Game 3 Thursday evening out in Iowa. Virginia was different. They played Duke, lost unfortunately for their fans, of course, on a game-winning home run that was robbed and turned into the game-ending out that gave Duke the 5-4 victory. If the outfielder for Duke does not pull the ball in, instead it goes over the wall, Virginia wins game 1-6-5. Instead, the Wahoos lose 5-4. But to their ever-loving credit, most folks, the odds makers included, even though it's harder to find this info here in Virginia, But most folks would have said Virginia was the better team, the better program, the one that should have been expected to go to the College World Series in Omaha when we learned a week ago that it would be these two ACC schools squaring off. Now, of course, it threw a wrench into Trey's foul ball area podcast pick of East Carolina because Virginia already had knocked them off the weekend before
1: hey i'm pretty sure i picked oral roberts to make the college world series and they did so that was a good long shot pit by me
0: congratulations that texas 50 to 1 college world series future of mine big
1: game tonight for you big game night on for you a
0: thread and yes vacation bible school ends at 8 30 tonight i'll be up to see that miami heat denver nuggets game and maybe or maybe not looking at a hedge opportunity because that's just the way my mind ends up working uh but selfish notes aside virginia baseball what stood out is they jumped on Duke early on Saturday and pounded Duke 14-4. And then yesterday, was another 10-run victory for the Virginia Cavaliers. Now, there's no run rule here in college baseball like there are in high school sports and softball and in other sports. And this is not to bemoan those sports because we enjoy them all here in the fast lane. But for Virginia, understanding the merit of the moment and the value of the opportunity. And a lot of that came in when Virginia had a chance to tack on runs in the second inning against Duke. They had already played it a couple. And then Kyle Teal, one of the all-ACC performers for Virginia and an all-American caliber catcher for the Wahoos, laced this two-run single into right field, which gave Virginia a five-run cushion. Could have been more, but it was more than enough to work with. Teal rips it to the right side. It's through one run comes in they're waving the runner from third here comes the throw cut off a two rbi single for kyle teal and it's five nothing virginia here in the second that call from the acc network and uh, i guess you call credit espn as well because it's their properties but kyle teal with that two-run hit. You have a chance to build on it. He didn't try to do anything fancy in this day and age of baseball that's worth noting because there's a time and a place for the swing for the fences, strikeout or home run style approach. First of all, it's one of the cool things about college baseball and look, I can't stomach this type of stuff in the regular season, but when you start getting to postseason play, you see more of that and the strategy element that comes in. I look, I'll be the first to admit I only have so much patience. In general, but carried over into watching baseball games that can take forever before postseason play. But when you get into postseason, I don't care what sport it is. That's the coolest thing, is to see the different levels of strategy in whatever form of competition comes in. Answer, counter answer. Can you step on the opportunity when it's there? Can you seize that opportunity and prevent somebody from coming back when you have a lead? And to their credit, Virginia did that because five nothing after two virginia gets a couple more runs later including this rbi base hit from jake that has to get it spin all the way around there's Geloff smacks this one into center they're waving the runner from third here comes o'farrell he'll score without a throw virginia with the extra run 6-1 at that point they ended up winning at 12 to 2 but the fact that they scored five they gave up you know a couple runs But then Virginia builds on that by continuing to pile on offensive production. That's the key element to this that, frankly, I'll be honest, answers some of the questions that I had about this Virginia team. Uh, Jokes aside about the foul ball area podcast failing to include Virginia in the Super Regionals, much less. Matt picked
1: him. Wait. Matt picked him. I I want to give him credit. Matt I'm did pick him.
0: Glad to know Trey.
1: You he have... had him in the College World Series. I just want to credit. He did pick Arkansas to win it all, and I picked Wake Forest, who has obliterated the competition. But I I just I will give my co-host credit. He did have UVA going this far.
0: You know I love the uh, I don't know if you call it backhanded compliment if you will because you're just patting yourself on the back while you're
1: you're just getting him. an inside look of our text exchange yesterday.
0: Well, I don't need any more of that. But the f- the fact is, for Virginia, it was one of the questions truthfully that I had about this team also because they were solid in a lot of areas throughout the regular season but the depth of bearing down when you need it pitching I think they answered that more last weekend against East Carolina when those games were tighter later on into the contest when Virginia needed to put the again pedal to the metal against the Pirates most notably will throw the army game out Virginia won that handily so I think Virginia answered that though And then this past weekend, it was the offense. We knew it was good, but could it explode the way that you need to in postseason play? That's the part that was answered for me. And I get it. There are fans out there from uh, Fastlane, Edlane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, who will sit there, oh, you should have known this from the entire season. I know I've heard from some of them. First of all, thank you for chiming in. We appreciate it. But, I mean, the reality is, first and foremost, if the players say it, then I think it's worth me jumping on the bandwagon, and that is... And you're a baseball guy, Trey, so you can tell me if this is a wrong observation. We, we talk about this with the NBA. I'm not a regular season guy for the NBA. Load management, do they care or not? If they don't, why should I care? Postseason basketball is different from regular season basketball in the NBA. Postseason baseball is different from regular season, or at least the majority of regular season baseball in the majors, until you get tuned up late September to October. And college baseball, I'd say, is the same thing, where you see a different level of intensity. Now, maybe some of that is more heightened in college baseball. Their equivalent to the last couple of weeks of September in the pros is conference tournaments in college baseball, where teams are starting to find their form, fine-tune themselves, show more of what they're capable of. And even if they don't win a conference tournament, at least show something that is translatable going forward. I would say that Virginia did enough of that. We discussed that with Ann Parker Coleman of CBS 19 last week in the Fast Lane. The interviews up at the Fast Lane with Ed Lane Archives wherever you listen to podcasts. But for Virginia, that's what crystallized for me over the weekend. Now, does it make them head and shoulders the team to beat in Omaha? Not at all. First and foremost, Trey, I think your Wake Forest pick is spot on. They and LSU are probably, from my my outside observations, it's those two... And then there's a drop-off. But the way baseball works, anything can happen on any given time. This is not Oklahoma softball, or for Virginia Tech fans out there, we'll use this as an example, Penn State wrestling. Florida's
1: looked really good, too. I want to throw those in, that in there. You could put Florida who, in that. Who Virginia will play in the first round.
0: Sure. I, I mean, all of those teams are there. But Virginia, at least, has a chance because they've shown these ingredients. Has it been as consistent as those other programs? not at all have they been obliterating everyone like some of the programs we just mentioned no but for Virginia correct me if I'm wrong Trey at least the ingredients are there to be able to make a run
1: yeah uh they need it's the same thing we said with Ann uh consistent pitching they did not get consistent pitching in that first game Duke actually wrote out their ace in game two for Virginia to kind of dominate that that was really good um so, but you're taking on a Florida team that I believe, yes, yeah, swept South Carolina, which South Carolina looked really good in their regional. So, uh, you know, looking at Florida, like, they won 5-4 and then 4 nothing, Like, they've played really well. They have really good pitching. Um, I think it's going to be a battle of the bats of UVA versus the pitching staff of Florida. There, There's a reason they have the number two next to them. Um, so... It should be a fun game. It's going to be a tough game. I think you're in a bracket with maybe, you know, probably going to be in the weaker side of the bracket with Oral Roberts and TCU in the bottom half of that. That's a good thing if you're Virginia, where you might have multiple cracks at Florida in order to get to the finals. Because if you look at it, you're going to have Texas or Stanford and Tennessee or Southern Miss, both historically really good baseball programs, all four of those, whereas I think the only one that's really a baseball program is Florida outside of Virginia. So looking at it now, um, it, it, it's it's going to be an interesting game. The first game against uh, Florida, I think if you're Virginia, you want to go all out for it in terms of your pitching strategy and try to get that win and get on the winner's side of the bracket where you'll take on the winner of Oral Roberts TCU, which is could be a more beneficial matchup getting that advantage ahead of time where if you can beat or robinson tcu you might not need as much depth compared to florida
0: speaking of matchups are you having a tough matchup when it comes to battling your lawn the answer awaits you at overstreet ace hardware lakeside drive in lynchburg and 221 and forest see at overstreet ace hardware or hear us tell you about this they've got ego powered battery powered mowers string trimmers and blowers in stock do you need to have a better matchup for getting rid of that wood that's piling up in your backyard and maybe even is becoming a snake pit. If you don't like snakes, you got to solve that problem right now. Well, here's the answer for you Overstreet Ace Hardware, they are the largest steel dealer in central Virginia, and the steel tools are manufactured right here in Virginia. So you know they can get the job done. Overstreet Ace Hardware, 221 in Forest. I go there quite often because it's not far from the studio, but. The Lakeside Drive-Lynchburg location is on the way home and closer as well. So I could go to either one of those and stop by Overstreet Ace Hardware. And by the way, fellas, including, uh, and ladies, whichever one of you are listening, you know what Monday or Sunday is? Father's Day. You know what might be a cool gesture for your father? If you go to the one on 221 and Forest especially, this is an easy thing to do. Just swing by the Hallmark section, grab a card, and say, Thanks, Dad. I appreciate you. Maybe you want to get one of those grills, Kamado Joe, Weber, Green Egg, Traeger. Great. But maybe you just need to get the card. Maybe that's your thing for Father's Day. You don't do as much. Don't worry. You can still say, I love you. Not just by saying it and, of course, giving a hug to your old man, but going a step further. Leaving him a card that he can look at and be reminded of and maybe even hang up on the wall at work. Overstreet Ace Hardware. 221 in Forest Lakeside Drive in Lynchburg. Uh, yesterday nascar at sonoma big picture in terms of quality of racing I, I think we have largely established that for the majority of road races and short tracks in nascar this is not the car that is going to produce the most exciting action it wasn't horrible but it became pretty clear yesterday that it wasn't just the track and the quality that sometimes you got to tip your cap and say yes you may bemoan the quality of racing but sometimes the other guy is just better than everybody else and we saw that at north wilkesboro with kyle larson we saw that at sonoma yesterday with martin truex jr and to his ever-loving credit most popular driver in nascar we've gotten feedback on chase elliott that'll come later this week but chase elliott was honest when asked about the race yesterday that his best strategy was basically hope as he told frontstretch.com after the race
1: i I don't i don't think we were as good as martin or um, Kyle, even, probably there at the end, but, um, yeah, thought we were solid. Had to, felt like we needed to do something a little different uh, with, with strategy, so we did, and um, that put us in a position to really have to stay out there at the end, and ultimately I think it was the right call. I uh, was hoping, man, I was just hoping more guys would do that, you know, there was, uh, there was a handful that were on our strategy, the four uh, and a few others, and would have loved to have seen all of them, all of them stay. I mean, I don't know that it would have been enough to hold Martin off, but you get strung out there for just a few laps and you never know. Um,
0: I mean, the gist of what Chase Elliott was telling frontstretch.com and the other reporters after the race at Sonoma yesterday, top 10 car for Chase Elliott, but nowhere close to the winner, Martin Trucks Jr., as pretty much the rest of the field saying the same thing. And that is, I mean, his game plan was hope. Hope, as we have often detailed in the fast lane, is the dirty four-letter word in life, certainly but especially for sports fans. Hope is not a viable game plan in much of anything. You've got to have a little bit more than that. And sometimes, look, we're dealing with competitors here, so it's not the worst thing in the world to say this, but you're throwing you-know-what against the wall and seeing if it'll stick. Pasta for this example here uh, to keep it PG. But you're throwing pasta against the wall, so to speak, to see if it'll stick. I think, if anything, the big takeaway out of Sonoma is there are multiple drivers who have shown they've got what it takes to win a NASCAR championship. Now, is it the same setup as last year where you could see 16 different drivers and a couple weird brakes could pop up and all of a sudden a random driver or team could have made a deep run? I don't think that's the case this year. You've got a number of organizations that have risen above and really manufacturers as well. Toyota looks very good. At points, it's Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick, but Joe Gibbs Racing clearly now showing they've got it with Denny Hamlin with Martin Truex Jr. With Christopher Bell has been very consistent. Throw yesterday out. But been very consistent. Um, And then, you know, I'm not ready. I mean, I love Ty Gibbs as much as anyone. But I'm not ready to put him in championship contender status yet. But the rest of Toyota has got that. And Chevrolet. Kyle Busch was the closest thing for much of the day yesterday. To Martin Truex Jr. And he won the week before at Gateway. Which is a track similar to Phoenix. Which, again, Kyle Busch championship pedigree could translate. And then anybody in Hendrick. Elliott bowman larson obviously william byron and the liberty university car i mean you can put all of them together and, and mix the same result but i think the thing we're seeing trey is on any given week a driver can lock in and dominate and we've got a clearer picture of who those drivers are most likely to be yeah i
1: would just say there's four that are sort of dominating where it's larson byron mtj and and Kyle Busch, whereas the rest are kind of, you know, might show speed here and there. I wouldn't, I would argue that only, you know, we haven't real, like the true consistency maybe come from Byron and MTJ, and I would throw Christopher Bell in there a little bit um, as well, um, you know, because he's kind of just lying under the radar, but doing really good. He's second in the, in the points right now. But, uh they uh you know this is how mtj wins races it seems like he just always just goes out and dominates races um when he wins so i wasn't shocked by this and uh realistically it seems to be a toyota versus chevy kind of year with Ford lacking behind and um i think we'll see that as the the year goes on and as we get through the playoffs
0: yeah i mean i tend to believe that's the case there could be some dark horses but i I would generally say if you're thinking of dark horses it's either guys like chase elliott and christopher bell who have not you know consistently won races this year although bell's got one but i mean consistently winning on those playoff tracks but the ingredients are there or you know again drivers in that similar vein of an organization a bubba wallace or a tyler reddick a driver like an alex bowman or a ty gibbs where you know there's potential and the right ingredients there but consistency has eluded them but i think you do have to have an injury those. for
1: alex bowman yeah
0: i mean injury certainly for alex bowman because consistency has been there gibbs it's just you know can he finish the deal off and not do stupid stuff at the end of the race which is part of being a rookie and realizing how thin the margin is particularly in cup versus xfinity but it, it kind of the, the picture is relatively clear for nascar and that is an overview that we'll discuss with trey's colleague, Danny Peters, frenchstretch.com later this week in the fast lane in the meanwhile before we get to covering the commonwealth there are other topics to address right now in the fast five at five ish it's time for the fast five at five ish five fast-paced quick-witted things you need to know right now number five so for all of our soccer fans out there and no i am not in this camp but trey is killian Mbappe of PSG—that's Paris Saint-Germain, the top team in the French league and one of the top teams in European soccer. Informing the team, he will not pick up his contract option for 2025, meaning that next June of 2024 could be his uh, his free agency tenure. Um, the comment that came out from the organization is, "They have quote no plans to lose Killian for free." End quote. Yeah. Um, here's what that basically means. You know, this is. They're things that organizations and businesses say And then there's what they actually mean. And we're not going to do a whole what he said and what he meant soundbite, but it's like DeAndre Hopkins taking visits. The NFL wide receiver who's now a free agent, played in Arizona before that, Houston, and went to Clemson. Um, When he is taking visits, it's another way of saying trying to create a market. That's his representation trying to drum up a market. Well, when you have the organization saying, hey, we don't plan to lose this guy for free, it's another way of saying, hey, we've got a big for sale sign right above this particular player's head. And if you want him, make your best offer, and that is what we will accept. And correct me if I'm wrong, Trade generally in European soccer, S- the best offer means more.
1: Dollar, dollar, bill. Yeah, dollar. so ironically, PSG was involved in the biggest transfer, which was 222 million euros. It's 198 pounds. Uh, that was Neymar going from Barcelona to PSG. My guess is that's going to break that record. By a substantial amount, so um, uh, or not, you know, I I would not be shocked if, uh, Kil- cause Kylian Mbappe actually, ironically, is already number two from his transfer from Morocco to PSG. It's gonna be even bigger now that he's leaving PSG to go to probably either Real Madrid, which is probably the favorite, or maybe even like a Manchester United
0: number four. Speaking of sports that may not be mainstream but have some level of tie-in. See, there are a lot of Virginia Tech fans and Liberty fans who understandably so have gotten behind their softball programs. Jordy Ball, who was one of the stars for Oklahoma, has entered the transfer portal. Nebraska is rumored to be the next destination. Um, When you're starting to get these things, and yes, people are saying returning home to Nebraska, which is apparently where this girl is from, The reality also is, this is the world where NIL exists and players perform, and if there are people in sports that want to pony up to make a program great, you can certainly identify the ones that are of great priority for you. And while Oklahoma is about to get that SEC money going to that conference, Nebraska is already getting and about to get more of that, you know what?
1: Dollar, dollar bills, y'all.
0: That comes from the Big Ten. And I I find it funny because, I mean, on the one hand, yes, talent is getting concentrated to certain big-time schools. We're seeing it, obviously, in football and men's basketball. But we're seeing it in softball. We've seen it in baseball, LSU. One of their biggest players is the transfer from NC State and also softball as well. Louisville. Thank you, Trey. Um, Yes, Uh, Louisville. I'm talking LSU baseball transfer from NC State. You're talking LSU basketball transfer from Louisville. But the point being, Those schools and those conferences that are about to get more TV money, they can direct that money from their boosters to go in other directions. That is an element that you're seeing. Speaking of. Number three. Well, dollar, dollar bills, y'all, of course. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. In the immortal words of our guy, Kenny Powers. The NFL has coming out with a line of uniforms for Pride Month. Here's the thing that cracks me up when i hear this type of stuff i know everybody's got their either moral support or objection to something like this and hey it's a free country you are more than entitled to have your opinion and that's what makes america one of the greatest countries on the planet if you can at least express your opinion in some level of decorum in class even if somebody's opinion disagrees with you but the comment about this well i'm never gonna watch the nfl again because of that oh really I mean, same thing you said about the NBA, same thing you said about anything else. Let's not kid ourselves. The NFL is not launching Pride-themed Apparel Line because it's, quote, the right thing to do. The NFL is launching a Pride-themed Apparel Line because it is a chance to connect with more potential consumers of their product, which means whether it's watching the product, buying product apparel attending games paying for the sunday ticket package tuning into our bevy of nfl games on the cbs sports radio lynchburg app and across the virginia talk radio network this fall and yes we will have plenty of those it is all about obtaining more
1: dollar dollar bills y'all
0: because of any professional sports organization that is the one the nfl that is motivated by dollar dollar bills y'all more than any other number two speaking of dollar
1: dollar And
0: just continuing with this thing, the IRS has reportedly come out and said that nonprofit NIL collectives offering tax deductions could be deemed illegal. In a memo sent late last week, IRS chief counsel said donations made to collectives are, quote, not tax exempt, end quote, because their benefits are not incidental to exempt purposes. So I I wonder how much backlash this might get if the IRS has the ability to be persuaded by members of Congress because whether it's the house or the senate the republicans or the democrats plenty of members of congress have to answer to rabid fans in places like oh i don't know georgia florida alabama louisiana ohio texas south carolina other places where there are rabid college football fans and college sports fans and those fans want to be able to make money donate make donations to then basically buy recruits uh, I, on the one hand, I completely agree. I don't see how basically funneling money to a group that then going to distribute them to essentially pay players to go to a university and play a sport actually goes into the charitable category, but I also am not stupid enough to answer the Three Stooges question. Are you that dumb? I would like to think the answer is no, that yes, plenty of people in Congress sense that upset constituents are taking the stand for their constituents to allow them to make those donations as tax-deductible contributions to an NIL, while it doesn't seem like it's very charitable it does certainly align with what their goals are which is why i'll be curious if this actually gains more traction and number one on the fast five at five ish ah yes one more note but completely different i think it's a great idea we talk about how boring baseball is during this time of year valley sports south braves telecast last week featured chipper jones john smoltz and tom glavin who all joined jeff rancor i mean outside of greg maddox Joe's smoltz and glavin are three of the most iconic braves players from an era in the mid 90s when they built that franchise into a national brand because ted turner owned the braves they were on the tbs superstation before this game of the week thing that tbs does this was a thing where the braves were on all the time and those were some of the most iconic players for Braves baseball becoming a national brand. They resonate with a lot of fans, and it's why for years I, I have said this before, and I'm sure you guys have touched on this on the Foul Ball Area podcast, the Braves are called the Atlanta Braves, but they are more a Southern team than even an Atlanta team because of the identity of their fans and roping in three players in. Thank you, TBS. Um, roping in Gladden, Smoltz, and Chipper Jones to Braves Telecast. Ins- insanely brilliant idea and number one on the fast five at five ish whoops and there is your fast five that's at like two in one week. week i know it's getting bad trey hopefully we can get better though we will get better because the analysis will at least be better from our next guest and covering the commonwealth next here in the fast lane